The Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening to The Abstract Athlete Podcast. Thank you, as always, to all of our amazing listeners and sponsors. As always, please check out our downloadable daily creative exercises on our website, theabstractathlete.com. It also gives you information on upcoming events and workshops. Do not forget to follow us on all of the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Really excited to have Dr. Ron Garbo today as a co-host. Dr. Garbo is actually a former wrestler at The Ohio State University and actually the first walk-on All-American. We're actually really excited to have him on today because we are about ready to launch a second podcast called The Abstract Doctors with Dr. Ron Garbo and Dr. David Sifu. Make sure to check out the website, theabstractdoctors.com, and you can also find us on social media platforms under The Abstract Doctors. Today, we have a really special guest, a new author of the book, Chosen Suffering, a former wrestler for those great Iowa wrestling teams and national championship wrestling coach at The Ohio State University, Tom Ryan. Got a chance to talk about his life as a wrestler, some of his stories about Coach Dan Gable, his rise to becoming a coach at The Ohio State University, and some tragedy that has shaped his life. Please make sure to check out his new book, Chosen Suffering, at chosensuffering.com. And let's welcome Tom Ryan. How are you doing? How are you doing? Awesome. Ron, pleasure to meet you. What's up, Ron? Same here. So we're just going to roll right into this. <laughs> okay, I'll, yeah. I'll let you guys like talk, but like, we'll just like jump right in. Uh, first of all, Tom, thank you so much for jumping on with us. Um, yeah. And I also want to say thanks to Dr. Ron Garbo, or, or will be known as Dr. G here, um, for co-hosting today because we will be kicking off a secondary podcast or a second podcast called The Ob- Abstract Doctor is coming up here like really shortly. So um but Tom, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I know you have a book coming out, so we'll obviously talk about that. But we always like to know, like to jump right in, is your story, like your background, um, where you're from, like all that kind of, like the who is Tom Ryan scenario. I know that's a big question, but you know, yeah, just, right. to, like, just, just to get people um, like a background of who you are and, and all that stuff. And because uh, your history is... Amazing. Oh. Sorry. No, no yeah, worries. no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a failed basketball player. <laughs> we all are, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I am. Man. Seventh grade. Uh, uh, my passion. I, I, I was pursuing my passion, and someone told me that uh, I should probably change passions. Uh, and uh, nice. Mr. O'Leary, Mr. O'Leary helped me out. And I started wrestling and obviously from a family of, of parents got, got divorced young and uh, we were, there were three Ryans and four Curiellis. We kind of became the Brady Bunch. Life was very stable as a kid, despite the fact that, you know, parents went through a divorce and they were young and, and uh, had a great upbringing, fell in love with the sport of wrestling. Um, 
went to college to wrestle. Wrestling was my God. And, uh, and now, now, uh, through some tragedy and some suffering, you grow. Yeah. So now, now, now that's where I'm at now. And I hey. love Dr. Dr. G. <laughs> hey, Hey Tom. Great to see you. You too, uh, brother. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's great to have you on for, uh, for, for your book and this kickoff and, uh, I uh, can't wait you to tell your story. Um, and so re- this is common uh, for wrestlers. So I was going to make the World Cup in soccer. So <laughs> I got cut. So I got cut in high school for beating it too slow. Right. Uh, so, so, but what wrestling affords you, you know what I could do at my high school? So re- soccer was in the fall, really good team. I could see how they did in the, you know, sectionals, district, and state. And I could beat the soccer team in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and that motivated me for about two years. Right, right. So, anyway. Love motivates and 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 uh and anger motivates. <laughs> love love is more lasting as as you know as well as anyone, but but anger will help for a while so, too. So uh I'll be a wrestler. <laughs> right. <clears throat> well we're all so, buckeyes. But, um, if you if you don't notice here. Yeah you look great. Uh, that is fantastic. Uh, uh, you know <laughs> So uh, I finished wrestling at Ohio State in 1988, and uh, Tom's a little younger than me. He he wrestled right in the middle of Iowa's uh, peak domination of the entire sport, and I I can remember getting uh, as a team and on occasion uh, beaten down by the Hawkeyes, um, <laughs> and then uh, you know we get into our life. I had two young girls who were swim meets every weekend and you know a year or two earlier i had heard you know this is tom will give you the exact year now it's probably 2008 i heard okay this guy from hofstra uh tiny school uh is now the high state wrestling coach okay and then two years later i'm at a swim meet and i get a text out of the blue and i hear because i'm totally out of wrestling i'm not paying attention to anything we got a text we just took second in the country <laughs> What? <laughs> and then uh, another year or two later, we, we finally beat actually Iowa in a dual meet. I can't tell you that for me and my teammates who, I mean, we had a dual meet against Iowa where I don't think we got a single takedown and that's in the eighties. So anyway, so Tom, Tom brought a lot of good stuff uh, uh, from Iowa to Ohio state, but I think he, uh, has helped to evolve the sport and the kids are in the culture and uh, that he's evolved the sport and the wrestlers to a higher level that, that, that being tough, uh, being tough is a given, uh, but there's an even higher level. Anyway. Well, and I think that's an interesting question or not, maybe it's not a question, but point because you come from, wrestling at Iowa, which was Dan Gable, who's like top of the food chain wrestling coach, you know, like even, I'm not a wrestler. I knew who Dan Gable was growing up, you know? And sure. so like that idea of how I'm assuming you brought some of his disciplines with you um, and how you've kind of integrated, like kind of what some of what Ron is talking about is like taking this sport in an, I don't want to say a different great direction. book, wouldn't it, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it would. It would be all right. It would be all right. There's some good stuff there to build on. I mean, you know, the principle we're talking about, Robbie, the principle is people, the power of people. 
right? It doesn't matter how hard you work, uh, which it does matter how hard you work. You work hard, you live a principled life, but the people that you're around is so critical. And uh, for me, you know, belief, when I think of, when I think of Gable, I think of belief and I think of commitment and the, and the gap between the two. And I think a lot of people believe a lot of things and don't commit to them. And around, you know, Gable, I believed in Gable and I committed to his way. And, and the trust, the deep trust that I had in him and what he was doing, it allowed for such great progress in my life. Because the trust was so strong, progress was incredible. And um, uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that, that um, I was around a guy like that and the, and the organization that he ran. I certainly learned a lot from it. But in general in my life, I mean, I choose, I choose to be friends with Dr. Garbo. It's a choice. It's a choice because it's a choice that every time I'm around him or with him, I learn something, right? He's helped my team. He's helped the way I see things. So, um, you know, it's the power of people and choosing the right people. And, and, um, and for whatever reason, as a young person, my friends were good. My friends were hardworking, committed people. And whether it was in high school, college, post-college, like coaches, I just surround myself with a lot of really special people. And I think that's been, that's been just a big, a big uh, blessing to me. And, 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 you know, while house wrestling is doing well, my family's doing well. And of course it doesn't um, alleviate pains, but it certainly, it certainly helps. So that's just been, a, that's something that for me has been, I think all of us, right. If you climb high, you don't do it alone. So I've been really blessed. Mm-hmm. Now, I, 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 you, I mean, again, like I, when I, when you look at your CV, whatever you want to call it, your history, like, again, you were on like the, you know, some of the greatest wrestling teams of all time. You come, well, you go to Hofstra, like you immediately turn that program around. Um, like they won three or four, I don't know how long, I can't remember how long you, three, three championships in a row, CAA championships. Then you come to Ohio state and with, in a couple of years, like your national champion, you're winning big 10 championships. You're winning a national championship. Um, I mean, you've worked with, like I was talking to Ron earlier, like you've worked with two of the better wrestlers in the past decade, um, Snyder and Steber. Um, and I think, you know, it's like, it's like you use that word. You bring like greatness upon yourself because I think like you're a great person. Like that's, you know, like it comes to you because of the way that you are. And so like, I I think you attract greatness through your actions, if that makes sense. Um, And Ron's gonna <laughs> yeah there's a really yeah Ron you jump in but there's a really good saying I, I love and I believe in every ounce of me is that people don't attract what they want but that that which they are right right men don't attract that what they want but that was what, what they are so I think it's all about building a, a you know building a big mass right a big mass and and mass attracts mass and I think the underlying theme in my life has been just deep love you know I wasn't wrestling for any other reason than deep love right I loved it I wanted to be great at it I was psychotic about it. It was, it, it, and, um, and that passion, I think, uh, and love for it and love for people in general, uh, the people are attracted to it. I was attracted to it. And I think, uh, if anybody said, well, what is the underlying, what's, what's the, what's the, uh, you know, what's the secret sauce? I mean, obviously people, lots of suffering, right? Lots of suffering, but love. 
and and Tom, Tom, uh, or or Ron, uh, Tom, after I think it was two years at Syracuse, um, drives basically through the night uh, and rolls at Iowa uh, without an invitation um, to throw himself uh, in the most difficult group because he wants to learn. Um, and what one of the things that attracted me to Tom when I first met him was this amazing openness to learn and uh, he just takes it in and and uh, that's an amazing way to, to build a culture and an organization but he just got in his car a college student and said this is if I want to be I want to be the best that's where I'm gonna go <laughs> Yeah, well, it was my priceless, right? I think we all have pricelesses, different pricelesses at different times in our life. And for me at that time was my priceless. It was, right, so precious, its value cannot be determined. I couldn't put a price tag on being the best wrestler on the planet. It was, it was what I wanted. So, uh, you know, when I look back, it was like, wow, what was I thinking? You know, I left a full scholarship. And by the way, Ron, um, Ron and I have a couple of things in common. So one is our, our first name, well, Ron got... We have, we have, uh, we both walk-ons. I walked on at Iowa. You walked on at Ohio State. We both became all Americans. Yep. So I was attracted to Dr. Garber right away because, wow, you hear the story. You know, this guy was a walk-on all-American. That's very rare, right? That that that's Absolutely. that's not right. That's the that's the exception. So, yeah, we had a lot in common, uh, you know, right away. So, and I think that 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 story, like that, I was talking to Jay Demerit. Um, soccer, U.S. World Cup soccer player the other day for our podcast. And same kind of story, like where he joined a team with only three years experience, but he he wanted it more, you know? And like, yeah. I think that that, that sometimes yeah. outweighs yeah. talent. Um, talent's always, talent's there, but, you know, like not everybody works for it. In, in, in two or three foot letters in the, in the, now is the old wrestling room, but the wrestling room you had when I met you, Tom, uh, it says never stop believing. Um, yeah. And that's just, uh, you know, there isn't a sport in wrestling where you're humbled on a daily basis. And, um, and, and when you're tired, your brain gets weak and you can stop believing. And I just love those words on the wall. Yeah, I think it's, we all want feedback, right? Everybody wants feedback. Give me feedback. And in the sport of wrestling, we get instant feedback. Now, some people take the feedback for what it is, and other people want to falsify the information they get or not look at it in a very truthful way. But for me, you know, when I, to, 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 to Dr. Garble's point, Ron's point, when I went out to Iowa, my first workout was brutal. And I call it chosen suffering. I don't know anybody that's climbed high and has not suffered. Now suffering is, I just use a, it's a dramatic word for love, for sacrifice, right? Nobody does anything well in this world and they have not paid a price to having suffered to become a master of it, right? And, 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 and to get to the point of mastery, it usually starts from a place of love. I, I enjoy this. It's hard to master something that we just don't love, right? So, so it's always, you know, chosen suffering is real. It's, it's real. And, and for me, for me, um, my first experiences out at the University of Iowa when I transferred out there, I was getting beat unmercifully. I mean, like, you know, if mama was in the bleachers, mama would say, Sonny, we're leaving. 
you know, I'm not watching my son. This happened to my little boy. But but what what I did with the information, I got, I got instant feedback. Here's the feedback I got. You're not strong enough. You're not fit enough. Your skill on the single leg is not good enough. They're more aggressive than you. You can't get out on bottom. Now, I could take that information and go home with it and be like, well, next time it'll be different. Or I can take the information and say, okay, well, I better start running more. You better start lifting more. You better start watching technique more and get in practice your technique more. And you, you, so you go from believing that, hey, I need to do this to actually committing to it. And that's when, you know, the lightning strikes and the magic. But a lot of people make excuses for it. Well, I didn't feel good that day. Well, they're just better than me. Well, they're, no. You know, what can you actively do to change the situation? And when you love something enough, like I love wrestling, I only wanted to deal with truth. Right. And, and you know, in, in wrestling, there's a lot of fear-based coaching. And one of my, you know, one of the things about the Iowa teams in the 80s and 90s was they were intimidators. So one of the things I learned from you early on was I just, you know, they had this reputation. I mean, the stories go on and on. Dan Gable, he never even sleeps on his back, blah, 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 <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, that that was something I didn't understand was at Iowa because I just thought it was about being uh, a stud, macho, hard guy. Uh, but there was an incredible amount of trust on that team uh, when you told me, you know, there were days uh, where your coach would just say, well, you you know what you need to do today to get better and just uh-huh. that and open it up and, and, and do that and grab the coach you need, work on what you need. Um, and so there's an tremendous amount of trust and so i think when coaches start to spiral is uh when fear takes over that greater vision yeah yeah no and i think uh so 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 i was at syracuse right i think this this i have the blessing of being at syracuse and there were a lot of good guys at syracuse and we had a really good team we were a top 20 team and i remember this i don't think anybody in the team wouldn't wouldn't say that hey tom ryan was one of the hardest workers right so so despite that, I had doubt. So just because I was the best guy in that room and I was working really hard, I, I put this national title on a pedestal that I couldn't quite get to. I was, I was, I was, I was devaluing myself and overvaluing the, pro, the, 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 actually making it happen. And when I went to Iowa, here's, and it wasn't I didn't trust people. I trusted the Syracuse. But when I went to Iowa, here's what I was around. This guy was a world champ. This guy was an Olympic champion. I was wrestling this guy that won three national titles. I was wrestling at Syracuse. I was wrestling really good people. And when you're beating people that are really good, you're still questioning, well, how do they compare to the best? You know, that was, that was with the, with the world that I was living in. Even though I was doing really well in the room, it was like, well, I'm doing really well against you, but how good are you? <laughs> you know, when you went to Iowa, what they had there was they had people that, I was wrestling Randy Lewis, won an Olympic gold medal. Roy Salish won a world championship. Uh, all the people I was training with, and it's like this. Well, hey, I got a takedown on you. If I can get a takedown on you, I'm going to take down on anybody, right? If you only beat me 500 to nothing, then, you know, maybe I can score. So what was happening was I was just holding on to every little, every little smidget of, of, of positivity. So the first day of practice, I get killed unmercifully. The 30th day of practice, I touch their legs, right? <laughs> the Small 60th step. day, 
right? Baby steps. I put, but there's progress. You know, the 30th day, they didn't score 500 times on me. They only scored 20 times on me, right? And then you, and then, and this is, you know, I know the world wants us to, and, and, the, and the, uh, the world wants us to stay on the couch. The world wants us to just feel good. The world wants us to find, just be happy. That's not the way, right? Of course, that's what we want, but that's just not the way. So I say like 10 minute abs, right? 10 minute abs, 10 minute abs. This is the story the world tells us, 10 minute abs. They don't tell you, yes, it's 10 minutes every day for 10 years. Then look at your stomach, right? It, it, the world wants to trick us. Yep. So for me, um, for me, this, 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 these small glimmers of you're getting better were, were all I needed to hold on to. And it goes from getting beat unmercifully to actually scoring points and actually winning, actually leaving practice and saying, hey, today, even though that guy was a two-time national champion, I scored more points than him. And once you get to that point where it's, 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 to me, it was brutal truth. It was brutal truth from, yeah, you're good. You're beating people that, that, that have won, have done exactly what you want to do. And that level of confidence is what I needed. Yeah. That seems like, oh, go ahead. I remember as a kid, for me, there was a moment when I said, well, I'm not going to lie to myself. And, and for me, that, that just is always, Okay, here, take this data. And then you can go the other way. So my problem in high school, I was I choked all the time. So you can you can be too hard on yourself. So there's a balance of, of not being too hard on yourself. Um, but also always being honest. And, uh, and, and I do differ with, you know, there are some psychological premises uh, that, you know, that are trying to work towards happiness. And that's not that's that's not. I believe happiness is a byproduct. It's a byproduct of that journey. Uh, I do. And then what? The other thing I modified one of my uh, uh, statements that I used, Tom, uh, uh, talking about gratitude. I now talk about gratitude, feeling gratitude, not just remembering gratitude, but feeling gratitude is the parent. It's the parent of all virtues and emotion. It can shift. It can shift any emotion to a healthier state. Then it's the healthier state to get you back to that you talk about love, compassion. Mm-hmm. And and if you're at it hard enough, long enough, you might be blessed with happiness. Right. But don't you're not guaranteed right. it. Well, that, I mean, it's like, I mean, I mean, so much govern that was how I feel. You know, my mind, this is how I'm feeling. This is how you made me feel. For me, I feel this. For me, I feel that. I mean, I've learned, listen, if the reality, right, is if, if, if I attacked every feeling, if I act, on, I'd be in prison. <laughs> I'd be divorced. I'd be divorced. I'd be in the, right? If, if, if I simply acted on every feeling, well, hold on a second. God gave us a heart and a mind. And they're supposed to work to me in unison. I'm a big, I'm big on this, this uh, Stockdale paradox right now where he was a POW and, and they were talking to him and, you know, and, and they asked him who made it through, right? Prisoner of war, who made it through? And, and Stockdale paradox. And he said, listen, I watched man after man die of broken hearts. They died of broken hearts because the Stockdale paradox, and I'm not the doctor here, you are, and I know you're way smarter than me, but I'm going to act smarter for just a little bit, right? So, uh, so the Stockdale paradox was, is, it's the perfect unison, the perfect unison of um, realism 
and optimism. And he said the people that died were the ones that thought they were going out. Of, they were going to get out at Christmas. Christmas came and went. They thought they were going to get out at Easter. Easter came and went. Thanksgiving we're going to get out. Thanksgiving came and went. Christmas came. Christmas came and went. Easter came. Thanksgiving, and they died of a broken heart. Too up. Not that you. There's too much optimism. Not realism. Listen. And and he said the ones that made it through, they balanced the two. I said we're going to get out. I, said, I don't know when we're going to get out, but we're going to get out in the midst of it. Find some purpose and value in the midst of it, or you're never going to make it. You'll die. And I think, I think that's just really powerful. And in the world that we're living in, everyone's governed by their feelings, and it's just get your head involved. Yeah, and 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 so you know we all have our own verbiage, and 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 the way I craft it, and I, you know, I'm, I'm I think psychology is going to change dramatically, and and you know my passion is heart rate variability, HRV. And it's going to change psychology. And the way I would shape what he did, it, emotion, here, emotion is going to be governed just like the first law of thermodynamics. Energy is finite. And, and so what I would say, and we'll, what we'll be able to do is put heart monitors on him and we'll show that he saved energy. Mm. He saved energy. And how can you do it? One, by not your brain is uh, is two percent of your body weight, but it can burn twenty or more percent of the available carbohydrates. So when your RPMs are running hot, you're wasting energy. So all that up and down optimism and disappointment that is a drain. And then when you're a drain, then you're more susceptible for the other thoughts to come in. So so. These monitors and the ones I donated to you way back in 2014 was to create this notion that your energy is finite and that you're going to have to make. This is my wife's phone. I'm sorry. It's my <laughs> wife's phone in my office. I would never have my phone on. See it? This is not my phone. This is for the record. Yeah. No, you never answer texts. This is my, this is my phone. Not in, the, not in the middle of a conversation with you. Yeah, okay, go ahead. It's all good. No, so, keep going. That's brilliant. brilliant. So the point is, is energy is finite. We're going to measure it. Now you're going to make choices. And so instead of you're a good person or a bad person, you're a weak person, you're not a weak person, you're just not making good thinking choices. Let's get you to a healthy energy state with these monitors. And then let's remember your purpose and values. And so the coaches have to live their purpose and values. So where I've not succeeded with certain coaches is if they can't live it. Anyway, the point I'm getting at. Was That's really powerful. I, That's the, the what, I, what I'm getting at is what you just described. He saved energy uh, several different ways. And one of them is to accept uncertainty. Mm. Uh, uh, if, if, if that hinge on the day I get out is draining every single day, he, he, he gave up. He, he get, and, and, and he chose humility, number one. He accepted uncertainty. And then um, there's another thing. You know, a lot of psychological concepts talk about acceptance. Acceptance can feel like quitting. Of course. So, yeah. so Tom, Tom, uh, there's a few guys that were four-time NCAA national champions, and Tom had won uh, as he's trying to win a national title on the ropes. 
and he freezes for a moment, or he can tell you about that. If Tom spent, you remember what he was just talking about, about, uh, you know, acceptance. So if you just sat on, I lost, I'm a loser and so on and so forth, or I didn't really lose. It was the raft or, you know, whatever, that's not acceptance. Hmm. And, and when you accept it, okay, I lost that match. I lost this golden opportunity. Once you accept, you save energy, and then he's it's rechanneled back into your purpose and values. So I don't know how long you sat on that, took you to accept that loss. I'd be curious. Can you tell us about that match? I'm not over it yet. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but I think, no, you know, I'm... to spin it in a different way, too, I think that those learning, that acceptance makes you probably a really great coach. Because yeah. like taking that, those values that like, again, like that, that even that same baby steps, understanding that process to get to there and coaching, teaching, however you want to say it makes you a great coach. And I'll let you tell the story now because Ron's. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's <laughs> um, surrendering. So, so I have a question. So first of all, that was incredible and it makes perfect sense. I mean, which is why I just, I miss you and <laughs> And uh, because it's just a logical, the, your, your thinking is just so, um, when you hear it, it's clean and it's clear and it just, it can, it can, it can make sense to uh, a scenario where a guy's a POW and it just makes perfect sense. It's exactly what happened. It's, that's exactly it in a, in a, in a technical term taught in a simple way. But, um, you know, losing in the national finals, I mean, it's it, the, the, the biggest thing for me, uh, and I watched the match the other day, actually. <laughs> because, because someone said I got cheated. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? I, I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm way over this. And, and actually, I didn't get cheated. But actually, he did grab my headgear. And it's funny because when you're in a wrestling match, so, so, so uh, Ron uh, – you can reflect. I can remember every. I can remember everything, right? In this particular match, I can like replay the sound. You just you're just, you're in, you're in a flow state. You remember everything. And uh, anyway, I remember this one position, and it was it was third. And I completely accepted this and let it go. Trust me, mom. If I, if, I, if if my life's value is that I, I lost in the national finals, and that's the, the 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 extent of my life, then I've lived a pretty pathetic life. So so I'm in the. Uh, so I remember this match, like it was a position, Ron, where it's like, listen, I have an advantage. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. I know I have an advantage. I got him. There's nothing he can do. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> he, he, I, couldn't, I couldn't beat that position. But I remember, I remember to this day, it stuck with me. After winning the NCAAs in 2015, a friend of mine sends me the videotape. He congratulates, congratulates me, the team, for winning the Nationals. And he said, hey, I watched your match. Did you know that he held your headgear with 10 seconds left? And I'm like, what? I'm like, 10 seconds. And I go back to the, the I, can, I have total recall of the match. And I go, holy cow. Now, keep in mind, that was 25 years earlier. I mean, 19, this was 1990 when I lost in the finals. We're now in 2015. How much power did you feel <laughs> reliving that? How much energy? Oh, I had energy. Yeah, no, I had so much energy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was in it was in, so it was a waste of energy. 
but it was energy, right? So, uh, so anyway, so his other story goes, I pull up the match and I'm like, holy cow. Now I, I, I go back to that one position where I had the advantage and I see I'm higher than him, right? Height, height's an advantage. When you, when you, when you're, when you're over the top of someone, you have a, you have a positional advantage and I was over the top of him. So I should have won the position. Anyway, he holds my head your back. I can't get the points. I lose the match. So I take the video and I send it to Gable. Now we had just won the nationals, right? And of course I'm, I'm like so far over this. It's not even my heart rate side of the elevator. I'm like, wow, that just made sense. What happened? So I sent it to two people. Now that match that I lost was to the first four time national champion ever. That same year, we happened to coach the fourth four time national champ. So it's 2015. We win the nationals. Steber wins his fourth. And I send the video to two people. I, I sent it to Gable. I go, Gable, coach, how did you miss this? This guy had my head here. So he responds with, Ryan, your team just won the nationals. Get over. Right? So, that, so that's Coach Gale's response. I send it to Stever. And I go, Logan, listen, you aren't the fourth man to win four national titles. You're the third man. I got cheated. I go, I got cheated. Ron, Ron, listen to his answer. I love this guy. So Stever, so I'm like, you would, so Logan responds with this. Coach, you should send this to the NCAA. <laughs> Maybe they'll let you wrestle the last 10 seconds. Oh, <laughs> uh, so that's in the works, right? No, I'm just <laughs> it's in the works. Yeah. Well, 25 so years later. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Wanted to take a quick second to remind everyone you can check out Tom Ryan's new book, Chosen Suffering, at chosensuffering.com. And please check out our upcoming new podcast series, The Abstract Doctors, featuring Dr. Ron Garbo and Dr. David Seafew. Information at theabstractdoctors.com and on social media platforms. Now back to Tom Ryan. Yeah, so, so denial is a coping strategy, and it is effective for a wee bit of time. <laughs> but, uh, right. but, but Stever, man, Stever was uh, – uh, this guy is a cool cucumber. He has, he has one of the best wrestling photos. Tom knows how much Yeah, I love you him. love that photo. Yeah, it's so I good. I just love so. that photo because, man, he's, uh, he's wrestling an Iowa guy, and – uh, and they're shaking hands after Stever wins the Big Ten title, and he's upright with fantastic posture, hand out, ready to shake hands, and the referee's holding back the Iowa guy because he's just out. Mm. And 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 I, you know, there's so much in oh, that I see, picture. Yeah, I see that now. So so wrestling wrestling is about seven minutes of imposing your will on another human being. If you can't hear the whistle that the rules just changed, police officers, referees, judges, administrators, bosses, they're not going to appreciate you blowing through that boundary and imposing your will on other people. And Steber's standing there not wasting a calorie. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's already recovering for the next match in total confidence that if he, if this guy breaks through the referee, I can still handle myself. So there's a tremendous amount of trust. 
He's calm. Yeah. He's not wasting energy. Um, there's just, and you got to remember to listen to the cues in life. You can impose your will in with certain rules and certain times. Yeah. And then, and then there are referees out there who are part of the picture. You see that picture and you never really see the ref. You're seeing the two guys, but I always make a point. There's a third person there. Anyway, uh, he's a cool cucumber and he led that team to your first title. <laughs> Yeah, and I think you're, you're touching on, right, probably what I've seen, the quality, the trait, the trait that I've seen in any of the really elite level wrestlers is that there's an emotional control. They're centered. I mean, and, and composure. You know, in the midst of no matter what, the midst of no matter what's happening, they're, they're in, they're, their mind isn't racing. They're just so, they're so in control of their thoughts. And all the elite Snyder, Steber, Pasillo, any of the ones that were climbed really high, besides the talent and the work ethic, it's a trait that I've seen is a calm. And, and, and I want, you know, honestly, people don't know. I mean, college wrestling is so intense and it really has the, the guys graduating from your program and some of the other leading programs. These are quality citizens. And what I want to get across to the kids and, 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 vocabulary is really important and i actually want to take another level when i see some of these tantrums i want to call it it's everything i can keep myself from tweeting about uh, emotional maturity and emotional discipline oh well if we're going to start talking about emotional discipline i can be disciplined you know and start talking about wasting energy uh that's a different conversation from you're being childish or i'm tough you're tough blah 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 so i like I, I want to pose those terms out. Yeah, no, I think that uh, we, you know, we have, we have uh, bi-monthly leadership meetings with our team and I'm, 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 I'm a, a participant in these meetings like the rest of the team and someone kind of oversees them. And we were talking the other day about <clears throat> the world that we live in where so much value. I mean, I, I have, I have a, I have a family friend whose daughter took too many pills because she was being bullied. Right. On, on the internet, right? Just bullying it and, and people hiding in their spaces and saying bad things about people and the power. So the comment was this, that Tervel Delegna said this, and he said, he's one of my uh, two-time Olympian, really, really, really good, clear thinking mind. And he said, if you, you if you, if you fall, be, be, be careful. If you fall in love with the love, right? The negativity can break you. Right. So if my value is based on how many likes I get, how many friends I have, how many comments I get on a quote, and I fall in love with those comments, then the non-loving ones, which are going to come, can break you. And this goes back to the beginning of the conversation, just about we're made on purpose for a purpose and knowing what that purpose is and that and that our mass, our our mass uh, is not going to be built by worrying about the words that everyone is saying or not saying, right? Our mass has to be built on something far greater. And, and all the great leaders that, that I've been around had a really big mass that pulled me in, right? They didn't, they didn't come toward me. They weren't saying, you come this way. It was just their, their mass was so big that, that I moved toward them. How, how did you approach the summer before you guys 
won your first hour first national championship. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm gonna include uh, myself on that. I don't I... nice. Yeah. So Ron, Ron, as you know, is an ex Ohio State baseball player. So got a few buttons. Who'd you play for? I was actually Bob Todd's first year. Bob, Bob so Todd, I, wow, really? I, I was actually going to Kent State. And okay. and then all of a sudden I got the call that, hey, we're going to Ohio State. And you know, that was literally right down the street, which hindsight, I wish I had, you know, I wish I'd have gone somewhere else. But um at the, you know, it's just I, I shouldn't have been in school. I, I had the opportunity to get drafted and I just yeah. I didn't know what I was wow. doing in school at the time. So what did you play? What position did you play? Center. And I got red shirted. Wow. And so like okay. being red shirted, you know, like talking to student athletes now, um, because I teach classes called art and athletics, actually. That's kind of how Ron and I got hooked up is what we're doing with creativity. Um, and talking to student athletes now, I can understand like this, what it takes to be a student athlete. Cause it's a lot. And when you get red shirted, basically you're just practicing. And how did yeah. you, how Tom, how did you pull, you know, it's so much the season before you won the title, it was a tragedy. He, I mean, that's the depth. Coast with there, there's, 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 there's no lower bottom than that and so you know i want to hear a little bit how you did that so what what what's, what are you referring to coast yeah the costa yeah yeah so, so uh, you know more, you know unfortunately you know unfortunately you know i i say this until and i believe this is a, is a life principle that until something touches you personally you have a hard time fully grasping it Right. Until something really hits you personally. So so for me, I, I you know, I had dealt with I had dealt with uh, the intense pain of losing someone that was close to me. And and uh, and that and and walking through that time helped me help my team process what was happening. And so we lost a team member. I, uh, um one of our heavyweights, uh, Costa Kara George, um, uh, committed committed suicide um, right before right before the season, right to was toward the uh, end of football season and the beginning of our season. And his roommates were all elite elite wrestlers. Jordan, the Jordan, you know, Bo Jordan lived with them. And I think the way we dealt with this one, we grieved, right? We didn't try to just pretend that that you know move on, get tough, be tough. You know, um, we talked about it. We had professionals come in. I mean, I mean, I, even though I've dealt with some some grief, I'm not a professional in grief. We dealt with it. We remember him. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. It was just yeah, a hard time. No, I mean, I, I mean, the, the loss and I'm, I'm sure you touch on it in your book. The loss of your son was big trajectory change of your life and yeah. um and i think what you're talking about you learned so much from so that year i donated some equipment to measure this heart rate variability biomarker that that overnight to measure recovery and brought it, i remember bringing it up over christmas break that year uh and then we put it on you that night and oh um, yeah it's, it's and amazing then, and then uh, I actually had to leave, and so my colleague looked over the data uh, the next morning with you, 
And um, so they make red when you're in this racing brain fight or flight response. Uh, it's very powerful, uh, but it's inefficient. But it's inefficient. So use that power to get a double leg, but don't use that power to beat yourself up. Anyway, so Tom wears this for the first time. And hey, coach, whatever you did last night between 9 and 10 o'clock, you got to keep doing that. What was it you were doing? Because um, you lit, you lit <laughs> the monitor going. You lit the monitor up. Yeah. Um, and so it, 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 it's this beautiful story of uh, relating energy and efficiency and love. And anyway, so what were you doing at 9 o'clock? <laughs> yeah, so listen, I'm a diehard believer in it. Man, I believe in the hard variability. I mean, it's, it's not whether I believe it. It doesn't matter if I believe it or not. It's just true. It's just, yeah. it's truth. So my belief in it is nothing to do with it. It's a fact that it makes the difference. Experiencing just gratitude. I was praying. I was in my room reading some Charles Stanley and books that uh, this, 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 and I was just re-energizing my life. And yeah. I mean, they didn't know what I was doing from nine to 10. I didn't send, you know, I didn't send, Hey, at this time I did this and they picked out the time when I was, no, they just, they could tell by my heart variability and it blew me away. The data is the data. The data is the data, right. The data is the data. And, and um, yeah, I mean, it's brilliant. To, it's brilliant science. If that's what it is, it's science. It's brilliant. Um, yeah. And we're all, I mean, we're all trying to figure it out. And, you know, at times we need some guideposts um, and, and it could be used to shift culture. I mean, uh, and then that spring, um, exercise physiologist, my ex-teammate, Don, Don Moxley, uh, was measuring overnight numbers. And uh, Kyle Snyder, who ends up as a sophomore, between, would you, would you um, Ron, what'd you do between your sophomore and junior year in college? Did you win an Olympic gold medal? I didn't have an initial sophomore <laughs> year. I quit school for a while. So my sophomore so, year, I was much older. And so, much so more Kyle, Kyle ends up having a very productive summer. Yeah. Um, but one of the things we noticed in training, uh, you know, Don had measured overnight HIV on these wrestlers. One of the points I make and one of the things I want to put out there is that there's a number out there. And so the patients I see in my clinic have some really – both physical and emotional uh, uh, trauma and health problems. And that there are numbers out there that can correlate with, with health. And so for the 20 year olds, uh, the average number that we were looking at is between, you know, between 20 and 80. And most of the guys training for the Olympics that, that year were around 80. And Kyle was double that. Whereas my patient, young girl about the same age, um, you know, she, she, she was down below five when she was fatigued. With a physical, emotional, uh, structured plan, you know, she became healthy and independent at 24. So here are some numbers taking her same age, taking her from five to 24 was life changing. But, you know, as everybody always talks about Kyle and his gas tank, what 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 they don't realize is his tank is bigger and he's filling it up better than you are at night. And 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 we've come a long way in the last five years that, that being intentional about recovery is is that the better you recover, the deeper you get 
the more load you can handle the next day and your choices matter. So, I mean, it's so powerful. It's so true. You know, when I, when I, you reflect on a couple of the guys in the team back, I've coached it, maybe, maybe didn't, uh, you know, accomplish some of the things they wanted to. One of the things you could reflect on wasn't that they weren't working really hard in practice. It wasn't that they were, it was that, they couldn't slow their brain down. They, they, you know, they would leave practice and they would go to the mall and they would, they'd be all night at the mall and they would, you know, someone needed to be picked up late at night at the bar and they go pick them up and they weren't sleeping. And it wasn't that they weren't committed. It wasn't that they, they, you know, they weren't really hardworking and tough and gritty and good tackling and strong. They just, they couldn't manage their life and their emotional state. And they were always on the go. And, you know, but Ron, the thing for me is, is, so this is this is this is just truth, right? What we're talking about—it's just truth. I've seen it. My best—they—they—they. They, they, my best guys—they recover, right? They recover really well. I mean, here's the thing too: Kyle worked as hard as anybody. His numbers were always high. He worked as hard, if not harder, than anybody. But every morning he'd come back in ready to roll. The same—the uh, same workload affected other people differently, and it, mainly because nutrition, rest, stress, girlfriend, not on top of their homework, leaving things to last minute, lots of stress. The, 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 right, the challenge is like anything, right. right? And I started our talk with this to me. Listen, this is a non-negotiable. This is just a way, this is just truth. Right. Well, how do we move from, like, it's like the kid that I say, listen, you believe me, but you're not committed to what I'm, to, to, to the belief. Yeah. Right. Like, so, yeah. What 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 19 year old uh, protects his midday nap? So, right. right. So 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 some of it, he's a gifted athlete. Uh, and so if you go out drinking and you don't think alcohol because you have a great practice, even though you drank the night before. Well, that's because you're a gifted athlete and you can get away from it. But this habit, it does affect recovery. So habits do matter, both physical and mental. So. So he cuts to college and he protects his midday nap. Um, nobody, you know, he's not going to be playing Mortal Kombat or, or for, Fortnite or whatever during nap time. Um, and, you know, and measuring these numbers guides that. And other things, from my understanding, you know, uh, Travell helped him uh, go from perfectionism, uh, which can become disastrous uh, mindset, uh, long term it can get you to a certain point but eventually when when you can't control everything you want to control you're going to start wasting energy so he travel realigned his goals to be the best instead of winning a gold medal is bigger than that to be the best wrestler in every position oh okay well there's a big element to that that's bigger than a gold medalist um and so it allows to potentially be a runner-up but it also drives you back down to, well, what am I going to do today? What position am I weak today? So let me just and see, work this on is, a This is position. stuff that I wish that I knew when I was an, a college athlete because baseball is a sport of failure, you know? I mean, that, mm. that sounds bad, but it's like, it's true. Yeah. It's like, if you're succeeding 30% of the time, you're one of the best. But yeah. yet I couldn't get over that. Like I, like, and I, it would, you know, and they always say, and it's probably the same for every sport. It's like, don't take your last match, for instance, to the next match. Don't take your last at bat out into the outfield. Don't do the, and, but I was always in my head and Ron and I have talked about this and it's like, I, but and you I, have I'm, 
I'm you have to sure. take the truth from it and accept it. Right. Yeah. You and, and learn from it yep. and dump the energy. Yep. And what are you going to do now? Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think that we're talking about uh, the truth from it, right? Which is the belief. I mean, it's, listen, I got to believe it. You know, I, I, uh, I rarely deeply commit to anything that I don't believe is absolutely truthful. Right. It's not that often that I'll commit to something that that I haven't taken the facts on and said, listen, this is this is this is I, I, I believe enough in this that I'm going to act on it. Right. I never I mean, rarely, rarely do you do we act on things that we don't find truthful. But the things that we do act on, I mean, you got to believe them so, so deeply that, listen, this is this is. This is worthy. This is this is worthy of of, of committing to. So, yeah, yeah, and and um, and how do you avoid conflict? Um, I know one of the, you know, t- tell me about this. One of the conflicts you had when we first met um, uh, was you wanted to be something more than a wrestling coach. Yeah, and and and. One of the, I remember one of the conversations we had, um, I thought, you know, well, if you're going to, you know, spirituality and religion ch- change the trajectory of your life and you're at a public institution. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I hope, uh, you know, I want, I want you to, I want people to be able to sing. Um, and, you know, you have, there, there has to be some care at a public institution, you know, to be, because, um, you know, Ohio State's fantastic with diversity and your team and so forth. Uh, but one of the things I hope to do is that there was science behind and you could speak about gratitude, about yeah. trust, about believing, and that in a healthy way, that alcohol, drinking alcohol, if that's going to be an issue for a team that you could, you know, you signed up to be on a top flight team, we want you to value recovery. And so, but, but whether it's gratitude or trust that you can, you can sing as much as you want uh, about those virtues. Yeah. And Ron, I don't know what you would call this, what the professional term for this is, but I, but I've seen a lot of people, a lot of situations that they make up their mind on the answer they want. And then they only apply the information that fits what it is that they're trying to get to. And for me, in the darkest time in my life, I was stripped. I was, I was completely stripped of um, uh, I mean, just I was in the darkest, deepest hurt. And all I longed for was truth. Right. That's all. That's all I wanted was truth. So when you might. So, you know, for the, for my, you know, uh, the, the, the death of my five year old son, Teague, to a massive heart attack at the dinner table, a healthy kid, no warning signs, stripped me of any sense of normalcy in my life. And any of the, the things I thought were guarantees stripped. And I was in a war. Right. I was in a war. I was in a, I was in a very dark place. And but 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 all I longed for was was there was no i couldn't figure out a why right i mean in wrestling you can always figure out a why well here's why you lost right 
There was no, I couldn't figure out why. So, so I quieted the world and all I wanted was truth. I wanted to get to the bottom of truth. And, and, and my journey took me to exploring either a higher power or chance. Those are the only two logical things I could come up with. Either look, either option one is that, listen, we're all here by chance and Teague's gone and that'll be it. Or option two is that there's a creator. There's a God. There's a powerful force that goes beyond what I, what I could ever imagine. And I looked at both and I studied both. And, you know, a lot of people have a lot of opinions. You know, everyone's got an opinion. The problem is that most opinions are backed up with nothing but nonsense and loud noise. So I'm not a really big fan in listening to anybody that has an opinion on anything they haven't deeply studied. So when I was trying to get to the bottom of truth, I went to people that had poured their life into it and had facts and data. So basically I studied this and I come up with a reality for me that chance, is, ch chance takes more faith than God. That's how I, that's, that's just, it takes more. It takes more faith to believe that you, me, Ron, you know, could, could be here by accident than that it was a creative plan for our lives, and that's the way my life moved. Do you get it into your book? Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. And uh, it's a powerful story. Uh, it's a. You know, and, and and Doc, Ron, it's like you know, a lot of people say, you know, the the answer, right? The answer is for people is well, you needed that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and it's, it's, it's fair. It's fair. It's fair, but it's, it is fair, but, but, it, but it's, 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 it's also, it's fair in one sense, but it's also ridiculous in another because I'm a tough person and I, I, I wasn't looking for a soft landing. It was right. like, Oh, whatever's going to make me feel good. I'm going to move to, no, I'm, I'm going to move to the place that makes the most sense, but most people are too busy. Like I was living my life coaching my team, raising my kids to ever quiet the world and figure out whether God is real or not. Right. When you, yeah, when you get to, there's another level um, and you got to be careful. Uh, you know, I remember reading uh, a story in the paper about somebody got out, let out of jail after 40 years and they asked him about it and he said he was grateful. <laughs> he was grateful where he it, it made him where he is now so yeah I, and and that was a very foreign concept to me 20 years yeah. ago uh but now some of the the you know my one of my wake-up moments was having a, a heart arrhythmia just five years into practice and i'm gonna consider getting out of medicine because it's not healthy um but i'm grateful for it yeah um, so uh, these things, you can get to a level where you understand, well, you might have just continued forever. Um, anyway. So, yeah, I, 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 was, I, I read something recently. <clears throat> Sorry, Ron. Sorry, Doc. Were you going to say something? Well, I, 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 go, go with what you think, but I want to add, we're in the midst of it right now. Your book's coming out this week. Uh, Right now, we're in the midst of this COVID moment, another assault to our sport. Um, and how are we going to grow from that? But get back to what you're thinking. But take it now. You know, this is a, 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 a sports moment of tragedy uh, right now. Yeah. The NCAA wrestling tournament was canceled. Where are we going from here? Yeah. 
So listen, I have one foot on heaven and one foot on earth, right? So one foot is in heaven and one is on earth. That's how I live. I believe there's a heaven. I believe in God. Nothing could convince me otherwise. So this is just a, 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 a blip for me, a season of life that, hey, it was disappointing. It was, it was difficult. It wasn't tragic, but it's difficult. We're in a difficult time right now. And I think of it this way. This made so much sense to me. So, you know, you've got, so whatever, so whatever I've experienced in my life, I could take that one moment. I could take that one moment and cause it to bring doubt to my faith or, or doubt to the meaning of my life. Right. But the reality is that until we have time, until we have time on our side and a, and a broader perspective. So if it was a book of Tom Ryan's life, and it was, it, was, it was about a loving relationship, like the one your mom and dad had, right? The amazing story of how Dr. Garbo's mom and dad fell in love, right? And they take this amazing, and it's one of the greatest love stories I've ever heard. It's about patience. It's completely about patience, which no one has anymore. The girl doesn't answer you back in like three <laughs> seconds, and you wait, 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 what are you doing? I mean, this guy writes a letter to this woman, this, this woman doesn't, know, doesn't even know if you got it. I mean, who knows? Got, the, the mail could have got lost. The mailman could have thrown the mail away that day because he was in a fight with his friend and didn't feel like delivering it. I mean, you don't even know if she gets the letter. But anyways, pure patience and calm. And so uh, this, so, so they have this amazing love story, Mr. and Mrs. Garbo, and they write a book about it. Right, there's this amazing book written on this love, this love, this incredible love they have. And because people say, well, where's the God in this? God, where's he? Okay, well, let's say that in one of these, there's this beautiful book that's written. One day they have an argument. They fight. You know, the waffles weren't cooked well enough, right, in the morning, <laughs> right? They were out of syrup. And they have this argument. And and this, this one page of the book is ripped out and it floats through the, in, in, in the breeze and someone walks stumbles across it and picks it up and reads it. And it's like, wow, the Garbos, they must have fought. You know, they must have had a terrible marriage. You know, look at this, look at this fight. Well, listen, until you take that piece of paper and insert it into the book where it belonged, you don't have the full picture of the beauty of everything. I don't know what's, I don't have all the answers right now, right? But I know this, I know that life's beautiful, that we're going through some tough times. It's more challenging for some than others, but it's just a page in an amazing book that's being written. And that's how I view things. And, and Ron, just if you didn't know this before, you should know this now. So one of the things we have going for us is it's the oldest sport. And so we probably are going to last. And they say the rest are just games. I'm not going to get into that with you right now. I'm just telling you that. But baseball is a thinking person's sport. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Ron, I love baseball. I, I, I played baseball until ninth grade. I, I love baseball. I play, uh, ba baseball. Who told basketball? you to stop? Yeah. What? My batting average is zero. <laughs> I'm just, I take facts and I apply them. You're never going to play for the New York Yankees. I was a diehard Yankee fan. I mean, oh, I see, had I'm a, a Met. I'm a Met fan. Unfortunately, oh, well, you're really? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Randomly, like out of really? Columbus, Ohio. I, I was. We. I remember. I think I was nine or ten years old. Had it was summer baseball camp at Upper Arlington. And it was a rain out day and they showed us the 69 Mets and it was like, you know, 69 Mets got oh, you, huh? I mean, it was just like, and from that I was on, a diehard Yankee, Rich Gossage, still? Gidry, you know, Ron Guidry. No, no, I've lost okay. touch with my Yankees. Oh. 
But uh, back in the day on Long Island growing up, WPIX had a little black and white TV in the corner of my bedroom. I watched those Yankees all night. I took- Thurman Munson. Remember the, the, that Yankee? Oh, yeah. Bucky Den, Mickey Rivers, yep. Reggie Jackson. We were good. I took batting practice at him. Ed, what's his name? Ed Whitson? Is that his name? At Ohio State. He like came to train uh-huh. uh, in the Woody one year while we were then like i was just like okay but see that like i go back to you know like i don't even know if ron ever knew this like i actually part of like okay so i got registered at ohio state and i also ruined a guy's career at ohio state i hit a baseball right back and hit him him in the eye and like blew up his eye socket and so going through those things it was just like really really difficult you know you talk about like letting things go i was like unable to do that at the time so yeah um, it was just, yeah, you know, like crazy stuff. Well, I could never do that to anybody because I couldn't hit. So. <laughs> See? People were very people were very safe around me. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, that was the irony is I was hitting like – I was hitting horribly. And then uh-huh. and we were just in, in the batting cages. I don't even know if they still do that in there in the Woody and have the batting they, cages. They do. Actually, yeah. uh, they have a little separate – you got to get – yeah, they got a little separate building now okay. for batting practice. Yeah. And see, I always tell people uh, – uh, what's his first name? Not it's Chris's brother, Spielman's brother, uh, Rick. Rick Spielman was was my weightlifting coach at the time oh, at Ohio wow. State. So it was just like That's you know, cool. like just the randomness of like Ohio State and well, how many great. Well, I'm in I'm in Bible studies with Greg Beals, the head. The oh head, yeah, uh, base, yeah, Greg's yeah. The, our head baseball coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's it's. I think that's like one of the things that I think, you know, like, do you bring like the Snyder and Steber come back and talk to the team ever? Um, Cause I think like, you know, in the, just hearing the conversations with Ron and with you. And one of the things that I, I truly believe that you are is a very forward thinking individual in terms of how to deal with teams, um, particularly student athletes, um, which I appreciate because again, I think back to if I had this knowledge when I was younger, how different things would have been, like the heart rate variability, like creativity to like calm the brain down, you know, different breathing exercises, different ways to turn the brain off um, and, and how different things would have been. Because that, I think thinking back, like that was so much of my issues. And I think that's so much of a lot of athletes issues is that inability to understand oneself. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, right, when I was a kid growing up, uh, uh, it was, listen, you did this because Pop-Pop said so, Yep. right? You did this because daddy said so, mommy said so, right? And it was our, 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 my, my, my information, the ability to gather information was at the dinner table, right? And whatever they knew, I knew. Whenever they didn't know, I didn't know, Yep. right? And they could be telling me the truth or not. It didn't matter because I couldn't go look it up. And I think this era, this generation of student athletes, and I think it's good. Yep. I think it's good. It's, it's the why. Why are we doing this? And if you say something to them, um, you know, they can, they can, they, well, they can, they can fact check, right? We've yeah. seen that, right? Uh, so, so, you know, the why, the why is so important. And this hurry variability, it just common sense. And then you'll have many more problems in your life anyway. Uh, it's, it's such a common sense. Yeah, it makes so much sense because we can take the data and apply it to a real life situation yeah. over and over again. So I so, like that. Yeah. And, and the why, why are we here together this morning? Um, cause of you, Tom, uh, can you give us the name of your book 
and the, some details on what you're going to be rolling out here for the next. Yeah, we'll weeks. be promoting this like crazy. By the way, thanks, man. Yeah. So it's yeah. uh, it's really about hopefully it resonates with somebody, right? Ultimately, that's the end goal. So it's the website is chosensuffering.com. Uh, tomorrow night there'll be like a little a preview of uh, of the book, and uh, everyone get a sign. That's that. That's May seventeenth. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, May seventeenth at eight o'clock is a Facebook Live. Carrie Oberenner's page. But uh, anyone that orders a book, pre-orders will get a signed copy, and they get Gable's twelve-phase training program <laughs> that that he's been looking for. Hey, hey, this is funny. I know we got to get going, but Ron, Ron's, both Ron's. So so Gable, he was on an iPod. He was on a podcast recently, right? And they asked him, "Do you still have your training plan?" And he said. No, I think Ryan took it. Right? <laughs> Wait, he gave it out to everybody. And I'm like, he handed it to us. I kept it from 1989 when he gave it to me. I have it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a three, it's like a thirty thousand foot view of 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 the life of a of a year round wrestler. There's not a ton of detail, but it's just here are the things that we should do. So I've just kind of tweaked it. I mean, there was no internet in the in the 80s, right? So I things you can watch. So, so I've tweaked a little bit, but, but I have it. And, and uh, I have it. <laughs> the only that? manuscript copy. Yeah, the only, <laughs> right, right. So I have it. So, so anyone that hasn't seen it, will see it. So they get one of those. And the book is just basically about what I've learned through chosen suffering and just lessons. It's really about my journey, my journey to faith uh, and my journey, uh, just principles that I've learned along the way. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, that sounds like a good stopping point. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, like really, truly, like, thank you so much. Congratulations on the book, because I think it's, you know, again, we'll, we'll definitely put that out. I'll actually put something out there tomorrow um, on our on our social media and stuff. And as a Buckeye, we we obviously can't wait for another national championship. So. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> me neither, man. 18 hurt my so, soul. Uh, yeah. But I'm over it. It's 20 now. So... <laughs> One last, one last tidbit. A uh, couple of years ago, you know, we were in a in a Ohio State was in a uh, fight of all times with another school for the national title all year long. There was no, there was no third place. Yeah. And 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 they go, they it's like uh, Ali and 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 Frazier. It goes three rounds. The dual meet, the Big Tens, and the Nationals. I hope you get into that into the book. Uh, and I remember having a conversation with you and, uh, I can't remember even if it was before or after, um, if it doesn't work out, how are you going to be? And, you know, again, it gets back to the tragedy, you know, it's just wrestling. So it's just wrestling. Yeah, we all have so to wait a minute, wait a minute. You just work <laughs> harder than any coach I've ever known in my life. Uh, and then. That's how you're going to handle a loss. And, and so for some kids and some people, that's hard to, to, to understand that you can devote everything. And then yet it's just, because yeah. it's, it's part of a bigger, go ahead. Yeah, no, Alan, with just, you know, I think that every human being we're born with an empty space. There's an empty space in us. And if, if we try to fill it with trophies and sex and drugs and, and all these things, it'll never be filled. We'll, we'll always time right there. We'll always, 
I, I got one more story. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about trophies. So, so uh, my dad struggled. <laughs> my dad struggled for many years. My dad uh, was a uh, three-time Olympian for Egypt for water polo. My mother swam East German national team, and and he, he had declining health for years, and and. <laughs> Uh, I asked Tom for a favor. I'm from Worthington, right outside Columbus. And I asked, hey. I'm uh, from Upper Arlington, just, by the way. We have just, a little bit of that going on. <laughs> so I, I asked Tom, hey, could you drop by? My dad can't get out of the house much anymore. Could you drop by? And Tom, I, I think, was carrying that. Speaking of trophies, I think Tom was carrying that trophy around his neck. Uh, he, brings the, he brought the trophy over to my house and I got a picture with my dad and Tom That's awesome. the trophy. And that, that was that was a nice beautiful gesture. But That's but Tom awesome. loves trophies. Tom I, do love, I, trophies. Do, I do love trophies. I'm mad I don't have one this year. We would have had one. <laughs> oh. Oh. That's like, but, that's got to be a difficult thing dealing with student athletes right now in lost seasons. It's like, very difficult. Um, talking very to difficult. a lot of my student, you know, like I had yeah. six baseball players in my class, and it's just like they're just done. And it's you know, yeah. And I know it's it was it's surreal, hard on man. everybody. Yeah. Yeah, we were in the middle of practice. Yep. We were in the middle of practice. Oof. We were one week out. We had a sign. Uh, one of our one of our uh, supporters and friends, uh, Dan DiCarlo, who's a buddy of Ron's, he brought it. He he just that day he came to practice as an alumni, came to practice and bought us a sign. He brought us a sign that said "No regrets," and it had a countdown. And it was you know it was seven six five four three. We were we were seven days away from the Nash Star National Tournament. Yeah. So the number on it was seven. It never got under seven. Yeah. That day, thirty minutes after he put that sign up, the administrators came in and said it's over. Oh. Season's over. You guys got 48 hours to clear out of the locker room. We're shutting the place down. Yeah. Mind body. Yeah. Crazy. It's still a, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you again so much. Like this has been really awesome and like hearing your stories and, um, and again, we'll, you know, the book's coming out and, and like super excited. So yeah. Good to be with you guys. Thank you. The two Rons. The two Rons. <laughs> I wanted to call this between two Rons. Between, <laughs> between two, two Rons. Ferns. I love I, it. So. Um, okay. Thanks again to Tom Ryan and as always for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Absolutely appreciate his time and some incredible stories and really looking forward to reading his new book. Again, you can find his new book, Chosen Suffering, at chosensuffering.com. Also want to thank Dr. Ron Garbo for co-hosting today's episode, and we are extremely excited to announce the Abstract Doctors podcast. You can visit us at theabstractdoctors.com and find us on social media platforms under The Abstract Doctors. Please stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information. See you soon as our next podcast. We are excited to talk with musician, artist, CBD activist, entrepreneur, and former NFL offensive lineman, Kyle Turley. Thanks again. And don't forget to exercise the body and exercise the mind. Stay safe out there. <laughs>